I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sarah, and together we're the co-founders of Whale Tales, a living library of cetacean stories. It is Orca Action Month, and to celebrate, we're doing things a little bit differently on the podcast. So sit back and enjoy as we dive right in. Hello, hello again! It's Hooray. only been a week, but we're back! Yay. Yay! Because it's Orca Action Month. Happy Orca Action Month. You too. Um, <laughs> we, uh, hey. Last week, uh, we started our exploration of a different population of killer whales every week this month. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at the very large and, uh, air quote, transient communities of orcas in Norway and Iceland. Don't get confused. Yep. Don't get confused if you're used to the BC or like Pacific Northwest transient. This is very different. Uh, yes. Unrelated other than same species. Correct. We mean it in the term that <laughs> the it verb. actually means yeah. as a definition. They move. They move a lot. We did think about separating this population into two different mini episodes and uh, very quickly discovered that we would just be repeating ourselves a lot. Because though they are socially and geographically distinct now, it is highly likely that the populations of these North Atlantic type one orcas, that's their official ecotype, both in Iceland and Norway, they are North Atlantic type ones, that they were actually probably once one super population instead of being sort of geographically locked now to Iceland and Norway where they are. Unfortunately, since the collapse of the Atlanto-Scandian herring, herring stock in the 1960s, there have been no records of interaction between the now geographically separate populations. Both populations are most often associated with the mass migration of herring that arrives in the northern fjords. Oh, I like the way that that sounds when you say it out loud. Northern fjords. Northern <laughs> fjords. Man. I like fjord. It's a great word. <laughs> it is a good word. Yeah. Great word. I'm sorry. Total tangent. Not relevant. But you know what it is relevant to? Herring. Yes. Herring like fjords too. For very different reasons. And you know who like <laughs> herring? Caramel! Mm. Yeah, yeah. So when these millions and millions and millions of herring arrive for their annual migration every winter in those beautiful northern fjords, they are followed very closely by hundreds and hundreds of orcas in each country. Many Norwegian orcas hunt their herring prey using a technique called carousel feeding, which sounds very charming. But um, it's actually multiple members of a pod encircle the herring, forcing them into a bait ball, and then the orcas slap their flukes at the ball, uh, which stuns or kills many of the herring at a time, and then they can just easily eat them all. So, you know, carousel. <laughs> so cute! <laughs> I guess they got the name from, like, going around? Yeah, they're just going yeah. around in a circle, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Photo identification studies of Norwegian killer whales were pioneered by Dr. Thomas Lernholm in 1983 and then by Dr. Tia Smula in 1986. In 2013, the, the, in 2013, the Norwegian Orca Survey initiated a research effort dedicated to monitoring the occurrence and ecology of killer whales on a year-round basis in northern Norway. As part of this initiative... Norwegian Orca Survey started to systematically collect ID photographs as logical progression of previous efforts. The resulting catalog has been an absolute foundation of multiple past and ongoing studies, and their fully accessible online catalog has identified over 1,200 individual orcas. Not just fully accessible, but like 
interactive. Yeah. It's like a cool, I don't know how to describe it because I don't know enough about computers and programming in particular. Sarah, you would probably know better, but it's like a, it's a, you click it and things happen thing. <laughs> it's called interactive. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> we'll put the link in our show notes to their catalog. It's very, very cool. And because we don't know enough about, in either case, we don't know enough about the Icelandic population or the Norwegian population to like really dig down for all 1,200 of those Norwegian orcas into their matrilines. We think they have matrilineal structures like uh, a lot of other ecotypes around the world, but it, it hasn't been, not enough research has been done. Anyway, so as a result, they've organized their catalog based on distinctive fluke types. Huh. So like, hey, here's all the male ones. Yeah, yeah, here's all the small males and here's all the big ones with like wobbly bits. <laughs> and here's all the big ones with scratches <laughs> that's similar to how they do some Rockwell catalog that we've i think so yeah because obviously those ones you don't necessarily yeah, if, we don't if you don't know you don't know the natural yeah yeah it's like how some something where they id them based on fluke and it's like sorted by how dark well, yeah light. that's how oh, humpbacks yeah, yeah. yeah. humpbacks humpbacks yeah. are done like that yeah so that's the Norwegian catalog, but Iceland's population has a catalog as well, which is sort of kept by the Iceland Orca Guardians. Also great name. The They have been working year-round since 2011 to identify individual orcas in the area, and they also have a fully accessible online catalog. When a catalog of research cataloging individual species with you know, any kind of photos that can help you identify them is free yeah. and accessible online. It's great. I have feelings. Um, and they have identified over a thousand individuals in Iceland. And what's really cool about the way, we'll include this link in our show notes as well, but what's really cool about the way that they have structured their ID catalogs, they have three different ones. Uh, they have one for here are the matrilines, so that they actually do know these particular matrilines are matrilines, first and foremost, and they are the most frequently spotted in the area which I think is really, really cool. So like, hey, if you're out and you're just learning, these are the ones you should learn to identify first, is sort of how I take that. And then they have another catalog of the killer whales of Iceland. So these are, this is everything. This is, this is the full over a thousand killer whales. And then they have one, here are the ones that we've seen that migrate between Iceland and Scotland. Nice. Oh, so cute. That's fun. The attention to detail and thoughtfulness of the Orca Guardians in Iceland, I appreciate. There was just Amazing. a new baby that Aww. was identified in Scotland as an Iceland. Let me find it. And since we're mentioning Scotland, I will say these are not the same as last week's episode looking at the West Coast Scottish community. That's a distinct population. But lots and lots and lots of the other orcas that you can see in Scotland also spend some time in Iceland. Great. Um, yeah, just thinking, because we've got tons of stories about these guys, Iceland and Norway, from Judith and Christina. Um, mm. I'm just thinking about, like, the way that, at least in where Christina goes whale watching, the fjord and shape and, like, all the herring and, like, trying to identify a matriline when it's, like, 100 killer whales just going after all of these 
uh, fish and the boats are there and there's humpbacks and sometimes fin whales are also like there's no way they're just yeah. like they're all together and eating and then we don't know where they go after that so um yeah it's so we um in iceland they just found some guys and oh a tiny little baby called musketeer he's so cute <laughs> great name i know I'll also say, just because I think it's great, in the Orca Guardians website, you can adopt, so symbolically adopt, individual orcas that are very, very frequently seen there. They give them names, and one of them's name is Thor. So you can adopt Thor from Iceland, which is... And that's an intro to the Northern and Icelandic orca populations. Before we go, we want to take a quick moment to tell you about one of the ways you can support our podcast and everything we do at Whale Tales. You can join us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash whaletales. You can come hang out for a dollar a month at the porpoise level, $5 a month at the dolphin level, or $10 a month at the whale level. And each level comes with a variety of perks. For example, our whale level patrons are getting access to our special new Patreon-only podcast, Whale Tales Watches, where last month we watched the new live-action-ish Little Mermaid. Uh, so thank you, patrons, and we hope that you are enjoying our new podcast. Woohoo! And if you can't support us financially, we completely understand. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or any episode of the podcast. So please visit our website, whale-tales.org, and find links to all of our social media handles so that you can drop us a line. You can also head to our website to subscribe to the podcast and read over 1,200 whale, dolphin, and porpoise stories. There are definitely some awesome ones about Norwegian and Icelandic killer whales. Yeah, yeah. That's whale-tales.org. Tales like the story, not tales like the animal. And if you've seen a cetacean, we would love to add your story to our library. You can click on the share link on our website. You can contact us on social media at whaletales underscore org. Or you can email us a voice memo and tell us all about your incredible cetacean encounter. Finally, we want to acknowledge that we recorded today's episode on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples and the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, as well as the homelands of the Tawasan First Nation. We'll be back next week with another orca population. But for now, thank you again for listening and for supporting us. We hope you have a whaley great day.